Hello and welcome back to series two of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. This is episode number two and it is so lovely to be back in your ears with all things kitchen and bathroom design. I am Lindsay Blair, I'm the editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and its sister website these3rooms.com and now I'm in your ears on this very podcast. I have lined up a raft of excellent experts this series, all to help you achieve the home design you have been dreaming of. If you've listened to series number one, you'll have heard me chatting all things to do with kitchen and bathroom buy-in, from choosing worktops, how much you should spend on your new kitchen, how to think like an interior designer, and whether you should choose a gas or induction hob, plus making the most of a small bathroom and choosing tiles. And I could go on because there is so much more. You really do need to go back and have a listen. But this episode, I am going to be chatting all things kitchen lighting. Sounds simple on the face of it, but there is so much more to it, which I'm sure today's guest will confirm. Did you know there are specialist lighting designers that literally specialise in creating lighting schemes for spaces to make sure that the lighting does what it's supposed to be doing? It's a little bit more complicated than it first might seem, but today's episode should help unravel it all so you can get the perfect lighting for your kitchen. I'll find out about the types of lighting to include, how to choose the designs to best suit the look of your kitchen, and when to start thinking about it all as part of your project. to Ali Dowsing Reynolds who is the co-founder of Dowsing and Reynolds which supplies lovely lighting designs as well as some extremely good looking sockets and switches which as small and inconsequential as they may sound are crucial to getting lighting right. So hello Ali how are you? Hello I'm good thank you. Now, we are recording this remotely, aren't we? So you're up in Yorkshire. Yeah, yes, I am. Now, today we're talking kitchen lighting, as the name of this episode suggests. And it really is a more complex topic than you you might first think, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. It's complex, but you shouldn't be scared of it. It's, it's complex, but easy. That's a good place to start. I like that. I like it. And it really is more than spotlights and pendants, which, you know, I just mentioned switches there, which we'll come on to because they are small. And sometimes you might think that's a boring part of a a lighting scheme, but you've got to think about all of these things. Now, it is tempting to think about lighting at the end of a project. So if you are doing your kitchen or any room in the house, really, you kind of think of lighting as more of a finishing touch, don't you? But You should think about it right from the start, right? Yes, absolutely. Lighting can make or break a room. It's easy to add decorative lights at the end of a project. You know, you can put a lamp here, you can put a lamp there, but it's so frustrating when you realise that you could have put wall lights or spots in or anything really that you realise that you'd really like at the end of your project. And, you know, it can be a little bit costly. You can do it, but, you know, it's a shame. I think it's like a lot of things in life. Good planning means you've got a better chance of getting what you really want and need to make your home life feel like it's the best one for you. I think my tips are to take a little bit of time at the start of the project to see where the natural light comes in, where you're going to be doing various things in the kitchen, such as prepping food, maybe sat at your island. And don't forget how you want to feel in the room. That's really important. So I think looking at those three things can really help to guide your lighting decisions. 
Yeah, I mean, natural light does come into kitchen lighting, doesn't it? I think that's often something that's forgotten. But thinking about the orientation of your kitchen, where it is, north facing, south facing, whatever, can really impact the type of lighting that you do choose, the type of artificial lighting that you choose. It does, yeah, because, you know, not all of us are blessed with a kitchen with great natural light. My own kitchen is north facing, so we don't have a great deal of light and we've painted it really dark from floor to ceiling. So we need a lot of light in our kitchen and it's about getting lots of light in there to to help you to do those everyday tasks and to feel the way you want to feel. Yeah, I love the idea of the feeling part of it because that's something I think often could go amiss because you are thinking practical, practical, practical. But it's so important, especially if you're planning an open plan kitchen diner, for example, to think about how you want to feel in there. You know, once you've finished cooking, you've done the dishes and you're unwinding on an evening, you don't want the glare of a a big overhead light, do you? You want to feel relaxed and sort of wind down ready for bed. You do. And that's where, you know, dimmers come in. It's where it's where kind of having kind of just little accent lights in there. It's where all of that really, really helps. So you don't just have one big light that is on or off. <laughs> big light. I always call it the big light, you know, the, the ceiling light. <laughs> yeah, the big light. I, I don't know if there is an official term for it, but the big light seems to do the trick. Now, I'm sure we'll come on to the different sorts of lighting and the sort of task lighting and the ambient lighting and how you can sort of mix all of the different types to create that perfect scheme. But what I want to know from you is because you are the co-founder of a company who supplies lots of lighting, you deal with this every single day. What's the most common thing you are asked from your customers about kitchen lighting? I would say that it's usually focused on trends. So what is the latest lighting trend, the style trend? People can get a little bit obsessed with trends, I think. And to which I always reply, who cares? Don't follow a trend, just figure out what you need for your unique home. And more importantly, what makes you smile? The functionality of lighting design for kitchens isn't that complicated. You know, it can be a little bit as much as you want to make it. But there's lots of great articles in the magazine. Um, There is, you know, anything... On the internet, you can do 30 minutes of research and kind of, you know, you'll know what you need to know in terms of making your own informed decisions for the lighting for your kitchen. But anything over that, it's all about aesthetics and that's where trends come in. And I think people like to, to look at trends because it gives them a little bit of guidance and we're not all that confident in terms of when it comes to design. But I think people should trust their hearts more. The kitchen is often where... The, your, the heart of your home is, you know, the kitchen is often the heart of your home. So I think you should give it some love and you should give it you and make it your personality. I think a lot of people kind of go for a very safe style. They kind of ask, okay, so what's the kind of current lighting trend? You know, should I have kind of vintage style? Should I have a kind of more modern style? Do what you love. I love that. I always say that. Do what you love. I mean, trends are trends, obviously, and they come and go and, you know, some last longer than others. But at the end of the day, you've got to live with it, haven't you? So you're the one that's looking at it every day. Exactly. And I think it's about all, it's about getting to know yourself. So do you love lots of angles and clean lines? Do you love a more vintage or cottage feel? Do you want to feel glamorous? Get your, your kitchen can reflect that. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be a clinical box. 
I guess that comes back to the idea of lighting being that finishing touch, doesn't it? So the, the more decorative lighting is just one type of lighting that you need in your kitchen. And that's probably where you can have the most fun. When I talk to um, designers, kitchen designers, or anyone in the industry really about lighting, um, and you're probably going to say the same thing, the word I hear most is layers. It's all about the layers. And that basically, well, you tell me what that means. <laughs> so layered lighting is about combining different kinds of lights to create the atmosphere that you want. So you'd often use different textures or materials. You can use layered lighting to emphasize different aspects of the room. It's all about having various types of lighting that you can adjust to suit your use or your mood. I guess it's a little bit like putting layers of clothing on. You can take a layer off or you can put one on depending on how you want to feel. It's exactly the same with lighting you can turn it up or you can turn it down and you know getting all of your different layered lighting on dimmers to be able to do that and it can be a great way to take a room from day to night you might want to have plenty of clear light during the day to make your cups of tea to make your lunch but in the evening you might want the ability to turn it all down and feel cozy and that's where layered lighting really allows you to do that so I guess in a kitchen, one of the most important layers to start with, and it's going back to that practicality element, it's the task lighting, isn't it? Yes, it is. That task lighting is really important and it's super useful. And I think it's all about having a think about how you use a kitchen. So if you have, if you just have a load of spots in your kitchen and you are chopping your carrots at the um, at your kitchen island, if you decided, you know, after you've kind of designed your kitchen, you thought, right, hey, this is this is the spot that I like to start stand and chop my carrots, and then you've got a spot just over your head when you're kind of leaning over. You're not going to be able to see your carrots. Oh, that's the worst. When you get that shadow of your own head, it's the worst, it isn't so it? Is. It so is. And I've seen it so, so many times. And task lighting can be, you know, you have those spots, but get some good task lighting near the kitchen island so you can actually see what you're doing and not chop off your fingers. So what would that task lighting look like? Would that be more pendants or would it be wall lights if you're um, more on sort of a galley kitchen, for example? What what sort of lighting would that be? Well, I think it's a good question. And I think every kitchen is unique and it's whatever suits the kitchen. If you're near a wall, a wall light can be great. I love a good pendant light and I love it for not only being a task light but adding some drama and interest into the room as well. So I say whatever suits the kitchen and whatever you fancy. Yeah, it's really important, isn't it? This also then um, refers back to thinking about it early because if you're planning your kitchen and you think, right, I want to have the sink on an island, for example, and that's where I'm going to be doing my sort of tea and coffee making or my chopping or even if you've got your hob there and you're going to be cooking there. Um, or, you know, like you say, by a wall, if you've got more of your preparation area on a, a wall-based unit, you really need to think about what you're going to be doing in that area and how you're going to be using it when you do need lighting. If you're making dinner on an evening and you're standing there chopping, as you say, you need to think about exactly what you're going to be doing in exactly those places before the kitchen's even in. Exactly. And it's not just for lighting. The same goes for sockets and switches as well. You know, how many times have you gone into somebody's kind of kitchen and gone, ah, you wanted to put the microwave there or maybe you wanted to charge your phone there, but you've not put the socket on the switch there. You know, yeah. thinking about the lighting and those kind of sockets and switches and other things like that at that planning stage can really help. Trying to think about those little things that could potentially become big annoyances. Yes, these little things, exactly, that can conversely make your life a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> 
Now, the other types of lighting, I just want to briefly go through them because there's plinth lighting, isn't there? So can you explain to me what that is? Yeah, so that is the kind of the lighting that goes at the bottom of the plinth, the kitchen. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, To me, they're always a little bit like those neon lights that you get under the cars. (laughs) And you can get them in all sorts of different colours and you can get them flashing and disco. I mean, you can. And, uh, you know, personally, they're not for me, but that is the beauty about interior design and style. They will be plenty of people that love these and it does speak to them. So, you know, that's why design is great. I think for me, I like to use lighting, obviously, for a practical reason. You've got to be able to see what you're doing, but also to accent the places in your kitchen that that you love you know maybe a bit of art maybe you've got some glassware or some crockery that's beautiful and personally the edges of my floor I'm not that bothered about <laughs> to highlight all the crumbs that you've missed yes that's what it'd be like in my kitchen yes I hear you same here <laughs> I'd be sitting there on an evening thinking oh god turn that light off <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> I mean I get the concept of it it's personally just not for me I prefer to accent different parts of the kitchen personally yeah things like plinth lighting and also under cabinet or in cabinet lighting if you've got like nice glaze light and there's lots of reeded glass cabinets now um, they can look really great if you have got an open plan space because if you are sitting in the living or dining areas later on in the evening you're unwinding you don't really want a black hole of a kitchen do you you still want some sort of accent in there to make it feel part of the living space you do and I think I'm a big fan of under cabinet lighting I think it can it can perform so many functions it can add to the overall ambient lighting in the room it can be task lighting but it can also kind of really especially if you manage to get it on a dimmer as well it can also really kind of turn back and just make the kitchen subtly glow I think it's beautiful and you know like you're saying when you know you sat on if you've got an open plan kind of kitchen living room you don't want to be sat watching Netflix with a dark kitchen behind you especially not when you're watching a horror film oh my god (laughs) that would be the worst and I think in cabinet lighting is a really interesting one like you say with the reader glass that can look really beautiful. You know when the kind of the cabinet glows a little bit. I think the in-cabinet lighting that I'm not so keen on is when you get it done without proper planning, I would say, when kind of some kitchen manufacturers try to stick in a really glary spot at the top of the cabinet. And that just creates a load of shadows within your cabinet and doesn't really help you. It's, it's just a bit kind of garish. Um, so that's not what I'm a fan of. But I love that lighting has got more sophisticated these days and we don't just need to stick a spot into the cabinet. Do you think uh, you need to think about what you're going to put in those cabinets as well? Yes, I think if you're going for a, you know, like you said, a clouded, reeded kind of look, then you can be a bit messier. I tend to be on the messier side. You know, I've got grand plans of my cupboards being beautifully organised, but not. If you are able, unlike me, to have nicely organised uh, cabinets, then you could show them off more. If you, Like I said, if you've got some great kind of glassware or some crockery, having some in-cabinet lighting to show them off can, you know, it can look gorgeous. And it can be a way of showing your personality. And I'll keep coming back to that when it comes to kitchens. I love kitchens that aren't just clinical that they show the owner's personality they bring through you know did your I don't know did your grandma give you a really nice plate and you want to show it off and every time you come into your kitchen you see it and it makes you smile then get a really lovely kind of soft light on it and you'll see it every day 
You mentioned the highlighting artwork, and I guess the same theory applies, doesn't it? You can get a beautiful angled wall light to highlight a piece of art if you love it and it's got you know special meaning to you put it in your kitchen and highlight it as a feature. Yeah, absolutely. People don't use art in kitchens enough, in my opinion. And I think lighting over art, whether that is, um, you know, just a a simple light over the actual kind of frame or using a wall light, it can really help to enhance that and give it a real kind of depth of feel to the room as well. And these these lights and types that we're talking about. So we've talked about task, which is obviously the more practical side of it. The the plinth light in the under cabinet and the more accent lighting would be more of the ambient lighting. And that's probably more to do with the feeling that you mentioned earlier and creating those nice accents within the space. Where do you stand on spotlights? You, you're not a fan of plinth lighting, so I'm really curious to know what you think about spotlights. Okay, I'm going to surprise you. I, I don't mind spotlights. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mind them. They're kind of they they they're good at doing what they do. I think what where I don't like spotlights is if you are just relying on spotlights because I think that can mean that the room can feel just a bit clinical. It can create lots of shadows. They tend to be quite directional to spotlights. I think if you use spotlights in conjunction with lots of different lights so layering like we've just been talking about then I think it can work well interesting some designers do try to avoid that spotty look on the ceiling because you can go a bit OTT can't you I think it comes back to that that initial planning and thinking how many spots do I really need exactly I think when you've got kind of like a giant grid on your ceiling and it's it's all spotlights I think you know I'm completely with those designers it's not the kind of look that I kind of personally like but I think spots used in the right way can work. And effectively, the spotlight becomes the big light, doesn't it? Because that becomes the sort of the brightest source of lighting when you do need that. What about decorative? Now, you mentioned trends earlier, and that's something that you get asked about a lot. The decorative lighting is probably the most fun part, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. And it's where you can make a statement and it's where you can show your personality. I think my favourite kitchens are those where they haven't tried to hide away the lighting. They've gone for functionality, but they've used a big statement light and they've maybe gone, you know, oversized in a way because when you oversize something, it adds drama, it adds interest, it adds intrigue. So, you know, even I think in a small kitchen, if you go just slightly bigger than than you intended to, be brave, then it can it can really elevate your kitchen, I think. I totally agree. I think, I mean, I love the look of multiple pendants hung together or a cluster of pendants. But I think when you have a really great light and you go supersized on it, the impact is brilliant. And it is quite a bold thing to do. And like you say, you have to be brave. But I've yet to see a kitchen where that has failed. I completely agree. And I think the kitchens I've seen and rooms that I've seen that have got a big oversized light, statement light, are always ones that get the comments about. What sort of lighting um, do you have in your kitchen? Have you got pendants or a statement light? I'm curious. We have. We've got pendants, but we have hung five pendants above our island, not in a line, but they are in a kind of different lengths, different heights, sorry. Um, And we have lots of foliage hanging in between them. So we've got a kind of light meets kind of... Mm, green feel <laughs> and then do you update the foliage in there with the seasons or is it 
Is it all the same? All They've got a mix of faux and real. So some of the kind of faux is because, you know, we're, we're hopeless at keeping plants alive. And some of the real is uh, the ones that will stay alive for us. <laughs> all <laughs> um, the four plants you can get now are great i'm all for that yeah and you know we we sell them and it's it took us it took us over a year to find the right ones for us because i am very very picky and i love real plants but i know that there's some dark spots in my home that i just can't get you know keep a plant alive so i wanted to kind of get faux within those dark spots and to be within the clustered among surreal but you can't tell I love that idea. So you can have lots of fun with your lighting by adding things to the lighting as well. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And it, it all adds texture. And I think texture is, is, it can be hard to bring texture into a kitchen because you've got a lot of hard surfaces and you've got lots of cabinets, you've got lots of worktops. It's not like, you know, your living room where you kind of have lots of cushions or lots of textiles. So I think having plants, whether that's real or faux, can be a great way to add texture. And we decided to put them within, you know, amongst our lights, have them trailing down. It gives you a bit of a jungle feel. We like that. I love that. Now you've got, you've got pendants, but is there a rule of thumb for the number of pendants? I have heard before that you should go for an odd number where you agree with that yeah I, I agree with that um i'd usually say around three or five depending on the size of your kitchen so three if it's a little bit smaller five if it's a little bit bigger or if you've got a monstrous kitchen maybe go for seven or just go for one if you're going to be brave and go for that one big oh, statement. Yeah, absolutely if you're going to go for a statement light yeah just go one oversize it be brave yeah, there's a lot. The ones that I really love at the moment are the very linear designs. They're very simple, but so effective. And it's just like a, a, a one really sleek strip light that hangs above the island, quite industrial in its feel. Yes, I know. And I know exactly the ones. And that can be lovely. I think another tip for me on when hanging, hanging pendant lights would be to not hang them too high. I think sometimes people can, you know, stand in the kitchen and kind of go, well, I don't want to bash my head on it. Um, we'll hang it really high. When you hang it lower, it adds a little bit more drama and it just feels better so before your electrician puts that light in play with the lens really kind of stand back and have a think about how it's going to feel to you we're talking about islands but the same applies to over a dining table if you've got breakfast bar or a peninsula the same applies to those areas as well doesn't it definitely i think especially with the dining table when you hang that ceiling light low it gives you a sense of feeling much more cozy when it's hung high you kind of go okay that's nice but you're not seeing the lights and hanging it low just it draws you in and an opportunity to go for a really nice flex as well because we can't forget the actual cord that it's hanging on no absolutely and you know we have i think 43 different colors or something ridiculous like that because different people like different things you know you might even want the cord to stand out it that might be the thing that you want to kind of stand out or you might want it to blend it there's a cord for everyone i'd say it's great that there's so much choice these days you can really personalize the look can't you yeah we're lucky to be kind of you know living in an age where we can personalize things so much right down to kind of your personality in your home Another trend that I've spotted recently, which is a slightly unusual one, really, but I think the theme of it goes to another trend that's linked. That's making kitchens look less kitcheny, if you believe that. But it's lamps in kitchens using lamps that you would typically put in maybe a bedroom or a living area and having them on the kitchen units. Yeah. So 
I, in principle, am a fan of this because, like I said, I I think that kitchens can really benefit from being softer and less clinical. You spend a lot of time in your kitchen, so let's not have them feeling too uptight unless you want to feel uptight in your kitchen. (laughs) I think adding decorative lamps can be a great way to do this. However, I've just got one note. I think think about the type of lamp while you do this and have a think about the amount of cooking that you do you're going to do and how good your extractor fan is because nobody wants to be cleaning uh, a load of grease off a lamp that's where my mind goes to straight away because you could have this beautiful fabric lampshade or even a glass lampshade and then just spend ages cleaning it every week Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think my husband, he he can't stand the thought of having a lamp in the kitchen, but that's maybe because our extractor fan is not as good as it could be, I would say. (laughs) Maybe if we've got a really good extractor fan, go for it. Interesting, interesting. Now, that the lamp idea might be suited to more of a classic kitchen. In, in my head, that's where, where it goes. So are there different sort of, there aren't really rules, are they, as, as we've alluded to when it comes to doing your kitchen and your home in general. But are there sort of tips that you can think of of lighting types and styles that might work best in either a modern or a more classic traditional type of kitchen? I think it really depends on whether you like total harmony or whether you like to have a bit of contrast and interest. I think there's plenty of people who prefer all the styles to match, having some enamel vintage style lighting in a cottage style kitchen, for instance, that's been so popular for quite a few years now. Uh, But personally, I think it can be a little bit predictable when you get things to best suit. I think I love it when a bit of intrigue is added in and different styles are embraced. I really adore a statement light and I think even a minimal kitchen can feel unique with a great statement light that maybe surprises a little bit, either yeah. with the colour or maybe a little bit of pattern on there. Just something that is a little bit different to what you expect. And again, it brings back to bringing in that personality. Yes. And as you can tell, I'm all about that. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the foliage. I think that's a great idea. There's so many people that kind of go into a kitchen manufacturer and kind of say, I'd like this one that was on Instagram or I'd like it to look like this. And that's great. But think about how you're going to personalize it to you. What do you want? What what makes you smile every morning when you come and make your cup of tea or your cup of coffee? So I think, you know, I like to personalize kitchens. It might be that you've already got a really great light in your home that you love, or you might have spotted a light and that could potentially be the starting scheme, the starting point for your whole scheme. Um, You don't have to do kitchen first, do you? I completely agree. You know, working from a light or from a bit of art or whatever it is that you want to center your kitchen around, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Now, before we did mention open plan spaces and sort of the in those sorts of larger areas and lots of people are knocking through and extending their kitchens to create that open plan family space and lighting really comes into its own in these sorts of areas. And the layers that we talked about are even more important, arguably, in these sorts of spaces, I would say. Why is that? Let's just recap on why it's even more important in that sort of space. I think having the ability to turn them on and off and adjust to how you're going to use that space is absolutely key when you're working with open plan, because if you're going to settle down on your sofa to watch some TV, or if you're going to sit around the dining table on an evening with friends, 
then you don't want it to feel really overly bright. You don't, you know, you want to kind of turn the atmosphere down to kind of match the mood that you're in. And if you don't have all of your lighting in that kind of modular way and on dimmers, it can be really hard to do that. And you end up kind of going, oh, I'm just going to grab a lamp from over here and then move it over there. You know, we've all done it. And I think with some good planning, you can try and avoid that and kind of go, okay, just let, let's sit down and kind of go, okay, how are we going to use the kitchen? How are we going to use those other spaces, you know, say the dining area or the lounge area? And how is that going to change throughout the day? So just kind of writing that down on a piece of paper and how you might want to feel during the day and then on the evening, you can, you can really easily plan the lighting around that. We've mentioned dimmers a few times and they are, you know, they're such an invaluable tool, aren't they, when you're designing your lighting? Because I don't think many people would straight away go to a dimmer. I think we're so used to just a standard light switch on and off that we might bypass the idea of a dimmer. Yes, absolutely. And and possibly that's because dimmers weren't always great. You know, they used to buzz, the light used to flicker, but technology has moved on so much and you can get light bulbs that do go with the dimmers that you're buying now so that they don't flicker and they don't there's no buzzing noise and you can just beautifully just turn down all of those lights you can go from task to ambient in literally the turn of a switch exactly exactly (laughs) now talk to me about switches as well and the dimmers really there's the style of them because it's not a case if you choose a white plastic switch casing now is it there is so much choice out there for you (laughs) i think switches switches can be a real they can add a real moment of joy into your everyday life which sounds a bit bold so bear with me um i think think about how many times a day your fingers touch light switches or dimmers in your home it's a fair amount isn't it and now wouldn't it be great if the feel of the toggle switch in your fingers the texture of the dimmer knob or maybe just something that just is usually boring, looks beautiful, and it can give you a smile each day. I know that from around our house, when we've chosen switches that just kind of feel beautiful under your fingers, you just when you kind of turn it on, you kind of it just gives you a little moment of smile. What are your tips for choosing the right switch then? How so? I've done my kitchen up, and you mentioned you've got a dark kitchen. So, do you go for dark switches? Do you go for contrast? What sort of tips have you got around the design and the look of it? Good question. I think. So I'll take my own example. When I've got a dark room, of which quite a few rooms in my ha- in my home are dark, I either will go dark with the switch, so I might go a matte black, or yeah, it's usually a matte black if I want the switch or the dimmer to blend in, or the lights or the um, the socket. However, I might want it to stand out. And I think that really depends on how many focal points I've got in the room. So if you've got lots of focal points in a room, your eye can dart around not really knowing what to look at. But if you've had to think about, okay, so in terms of this kind of vignette of the room, this corner of the room, I'd like people's eyes to rest on this. And that could be the light switch. So when we want to accent it, I've either gone for a smoked gold or maybe a copper, depending on what else I've got in the room. And what about the style of your kitchen? I mean, the colour of your kitchen. So if we've got, I don't know, say a sage green kitchen, they're very popular right now. Complementing the shade of your kitchen, or it might be that you've got a tap that's gold. Do you then match that to the switch? 
I would say it's nice to do that. You don't have to completely match. So I love the sage green and gold combination that you see at the moment. I think it's got a real, it makes you kind of grounded in nature, but the gold just kind of warms it up a little bit. And if you've got a lovely gold tap, then maybe going for gold switches or going for something like smoked gold, like I mentioned before, that can just, it's not as zingy and it just kind of sits back and feels a little bit more sophisticated in my point of view. Yeah. yeah. And with so much choice available these days, I mean, there are literally hundreds of different finishes, aren't there? There are. You can, I, I would say, spend a lot of time on choosing those small details because they can just make or break the feel. You don't want a beautiful sage green kitchen and a beautiful tap and all the rest of it and then have a light switch that costs a couple of quid and it doesn't really go. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the term finishing touches before, and I think light switches can be a great finishing touch. I mean, obviously changing it to something that looks beautiful doesn't do anything for the functionality, really. It's a light switch. It kind of turns it on and off, but it can look beautiful and it can feel beautiful and it can give you a smile, whether that's through the touch or the look of the light switch. And it just indicates that you've finished the room off nicely. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, lovely. So the things that I've picked up on there, start early, engage with a kitchen designer early and an electrician. That's really crucial because, you know, you need someone to actually fit these parts of your your kitchen, the switches and the sockets and all the different lights. You need, you know, the points where they're going to come from. So you need to talk to those trades and those designers early, don't you, to make sure it all comes to fruition and layers and, of course, dimmers. Start early, layers and dimmers are the three things that I've sort of written down as things to remember about kitchen lighting. I think that's a great summary. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ali, to round off, I end each episode with asking my guest what their golden rule for design is. So since we're talking kitchen lighting, what is your golden rule for choosing kitchen lighting? I would say look at lots of styles to figure out what really does it for you. And then don't overly copy Put your own mark on the kitchen, whether that's with a statement light. Just make it a place that you want to spend time on. Don't overly focus, focus on the functionality, but don't just leave it there. Just get it to look how you want it to look. It's your home. It's the heart of your home. Perfect. I love that. I love the idea. It's your home. Do what you love. You're the one that's going to look at it at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ali. It's been really insightful. I've made so many notes and I'm dying to see your kitchen with the lighting and the foliage. So um, can I find that on Instagram? You can indeed. Um, so you can find me personally at Ali, A-L-L-Y, Dowsing Reynolds. And you can follow Dowsing and Reynolds at, well, at Dowsing and Reynolds. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing straight after this call. So thank you very much. It's been great. Lovely to chat to you. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. It was so lovely to chat to Ali there. So many tips and tricks to getting kitchen lighting right. It really is all about those layers. So that's practical lighting plus the ambient lighting, which will really help create the feel that you're after in your kitchen. And the practical side of things is you do not want the shadow of your own head blocking your view when you're doing any chopping that is the dreaded situation in kitchen lighting terms my favorite part of that episode was her notion that whatever style of lighting you choose you should really choose something that makes you smile even if that means it's not quote-unquote on trend at the end of the day do what you love for a kitchen design that really makes you smile and i think that is the perfect place to end this episode 
Well, it's wonderful to be back. And as always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to get notified of each episode as it lands and to help others find it too. It really does help. If you do have any questions and want to get in touch, well, you can simply email me on hello at these three rooms.com and I'll be sure to try and help you out. But for now, thank you again for listening and join me next time for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast.